and I was waiting in the back door along with uh, another person and we heard the uh, the elevator open up uh, we both looked and no one came out of the elevator which was kind of odd um, then we just kind of went back to what we were doing and then we heard pretty loud footsteps and it was very clear that it was women's high-heeled shoes or at least high-heeled shoes and they were walking and we we're trying to kind of figure out where it was coming from but it kept getting closer and closer um, obviously you, you you can tell when sounds get closer to you and as they got really loud it sounded like the steps um, passed us so they almost like they walked past us um, I normally wouldn't believe stuff like that to be honest with you but I was standing next to someone and they heard the exact same thing that I did. We both looked around, we walked down the corridor and nothing. Um, I asked him if it was just me that heard that and he told me he was very, it was very clear that we heard the exact same thing. Get in all you Holly weirdos, we're going shopping today in one of LA's most haunted malls. And if you want to know which one we're talking about, then you're going to have to tune into this episode because it gets really, really Holly weird. It just seems like just about anything can be haunted, especially a mall. What is the thing about malls? Now, they used to be a part of our teen and tween years. And as the years have progressed, it seems like these malls are now becoming more and more like relics, almost a ghost of its own past. But it seems like in this particular mall in Los Angeles, the ghosts of the past definitely make their presence known to a slew of workers and security guards. So on today's joint episode of Holly Weird Paranormal, we team up with our friend Tim Roddy of the Tim Roddy podcast, who covered the entire story, the history, the deaths, and of course, the haunts of this particular haunted L.A. mall. What is there that is making its presence known to him and his co-workers? Could it be connected to the property or could it be connected to the deaths that occurred on that property? You definitely want to tune in to hear some of the firsthand accounts from his co-workers who have experienced something unexplainable and otherworldly. So you know the drill, guys. You want to grab your purse, stick a little brick of salienite, maybe some salt, because we're going to go shopping with our friend Tim Roddy in one of the most haunted malls in Los Angeles. Let's get Holly Weird with Tim Roddy. Well, guys, our um, our haunt got rained out. Mm -hmm. We were originally supposed to go to the Phillips Mansion with our friend Dr. Shiloh of LA Not So Confidential, mm -hmm. and because Bryce manifested rain to prevent this from happening, I'm a weather witch now. <laughs> mm. Boom boom. 
we couldn't go in. Um, apparently the place had like flood damage, water damage. So they were like, nay, we're like, great. Well, we drove all the way to Pomona. Uh, yes. So we had beer and it, it is now, uh, honestly, all canceled. around for me, that was a win <laughs> lunch and beer instead of being haunted. That honestly net win for me. Yeah. And another thing too, you were t- like literally 20 feet away from the house when yes. we drove by it. So there you go. You were in your safe place again. I know. Look how close I was. I'm so brave. But speaking about hauntings, yes. we have a friend by the name of Tim Roddy. He has a podcast called the Tim Roddy Podcast. Yes. And we highly recommend that you go follow him and listen to him. We'll put all his information in our show notes. Mm-hmm. But he, oh God, he organized such an amazing and very spooky episode yes. on one of the most haunted malls in Los Angeles. We have one. We have a haunted mall. Look, I don't know how many of y'all have shopped at a mall in Los Angeles, but they are all haunted. Seriously? Let me tell you. By the Kardashians. Girl, those credit debts, they will haunt you for the rest of your life. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you. I am haunted by the memories of this mall because I used to work there for a couple of years and I would say nothing happened to me there. Mm. Met a couple of celebrities, um, was haunted by a lot of botched surgeries Mm -hmm. and returns, constant returns that affected my quote. (laughs) But, uh, Tim, is going to explain it in his episode. He allowed us to use his episode because he did everything yes. correct. Yes. Everything right. He did the history, the due diligence. He covered the deaths and the Look, haunts. Here's the tea. I will kill someone for an Auntie Anne's pretzel. <laughs> and those are usually in a mall. So let's just like call it what it is. I will fight someone for nacho cheese and a pretzel. It's fine. Ooh. Yeah, Girl. maybe a Cinnabon. <gasps> Don't even get me started. When you can smell the Cinnabon from like the next floor over, Girl. windmill punches. Windmill punches. Oh my gosh, I'm haunted by the scent of a Cinnabon. <laughs> Ooh, I might have to find one right now in this yes. rain. Seriously. So we're just going to, you know, let him explain yes. everything. We've been in communication even while he was researching for this mm-hmm. episode. And everything he did on this episode was exactly right. And guess what? He interviewed his coworkers on their full body apparition or even their haunted accounts because their accounts are so crazy. Like, like to work in a look for a luxury brand on a specific floor of a mall and then have to deal with ghosts in a stock room. It's too much. It is, right? This is why we unionize. (laughs) (laughs) So guys, get your circle of salt ready. Grab your salienite for your emotional support iced coffee, as I like to say. And gather around your computer, your car stereo, wherever you're listening to this, because we're going to talk about one of the most haunted malls in Los Angeles. And do you know what that is, Bryce? The Beverly Center? The Beverly Center Mall. Yes. So, Tim, take it away. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a while, but I'm, I'm really excited to be back and to share this story or these stories I should say with you so this whole episode is revolving around the Beverly Center which is a mall located in Los Angeles California for those of you guys who don't know 
and I've been working there for close to four years now. So this summer, our store was relocated to a different unit while we were getting renovated. And this unit that we've only been in for about three months is super haunted. And I know what you're thinking. How do you know? We know for sure. Uh, multiple people have had a lot of crazy different experiences, which we'll get into later. Um, I wanted to just preface this by saying that the episode I do talk about different forms of unfortunate death. And I want to be completely respectful to the families and the people who um, knew these individuals. And I want to be as empathetic as I can be. So this is in a complete respectful manner. Also, I'm going to leave out some names and some um, names of people and names of stores just for privacy reasons also. But if you're interested, you could just DM me um, and I could tell you. So I'll give you a quick breakdown of how the episode is organized. So I'm going to give a brief introduction on the history of the land, kind of what it's changed through throughout the years, where it is today, some of the darker history, what we know, what we've discovered. And the second part is going to be some of the testimonies of my coworkers and people who have had experiences within the mall. And really with this episode, I started this whole journey with just curiosity. So things would happen and I wanted to be curious. I wanted to know why. I wanted to know who. I wanted to know how. So I had all of these questions in my mind. And by talking to people through their experiences, I'm trying to put together all of this information ultimately to share the stories of these people, these ghosts that are stuck these people that have had unfortunate deaths at the mall. And if they're stuck, I want to set them free in some way by telling their story and helping them move on. Okay, so I'm starting way at the beginning with the history of the land. So where the land is at, it is located on the border of West Hollywood and Beverly Hills. A lot of this area, including with the canyons, the hills, has been known to be ancient burial grounds for different Native American tribes. I'm not going to touch on that much in this episode, but there are a lot of areas within that, within that region that have been deemed burial grounds. They've found remains and all of that. I'm going to start in 1902 where the Salt Lake oil field was discovered. So this kind of connects with the La Brea tar pits. It's this huge area where there's a lot of oil underground. From multiple from multiple sources, I've heard that there are still underground tunnels underneath. So the mall's located directly next to Cedar sinai Hospital, and that there are still tunnels in all of these oil wells that are underneath the city. And they're still drilling for oil today. I don't know how much or how often, but you can still see the rigs if you look over from the parking garage. So moving along, the Beverly Hills Amusement Park is what comes next with the land. It was built by Frock and Meyer Company in 1943 and lasted until 1974. So it had 12 different rides, but the thing is it's only 400 by 200 feet. So that's a really small area. A lot of the rides were kind of your classic kiddie rides. They had 
Ferris wheels, carousels, bumper cars, a lot of like the classics were there. One fun fact that I found that I was really amused by. So the Haunted Castle ride became famous after the park closed when a film crew shooting there discovered that one of the props was actually a real corpse. So no wonder why that we're not starting off with with the best history here. Beverly Park was also known as Kittyland and also Ponyland, where they had pony rides for the kids. A lot of stars during the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, they would bring their kids for an afternoon or they would hang out on the weekends there. Walt Disney was actually one of the most famous people that would frequent the park. He gathered a lot of inspiration there, being close with the owners for Disneyland. So a lot of the innovation, just seeing how a lot of people responded to amusement parks, especially with kids post-World War II. They were trying to get out of the house and really just kind of take their mind off of, off of war. And it was a huge thing then. Another fun fact is that they had something called the birthday book, which was this book that it kind of had all of children who lived close to the park, their address with their age, when their birthday was, and the park would send them a birthday card along with a balloon inviting them to the park. Also, there was a guest book that celebrities, when they would come to the park, they would write in. So that would kind of fuel more traffic to the park, just knowing that certain celebrities were there hanging out. And that was a big deal at the time as well. So moving along, the Beverly Park, it lasted until 1943. And then the Beverly Center had opened up in 1982. So the Beverly Center right now is 40 years old. It's located at 8500 Beverly Boulevard between La Cienega and San Vicente. So it was opened up in 1982 by developers Alfred Taubman, Sheldon Gordon, and E. Philip Lyon. So one of the things about the Beverly Center is that it has a very unusual shape. So there really aren't any windows. There are five floors located on the bottom that are specifically for parking. The first floor, it has some some shops and some restaurants, but the other floors are all parking. And then the top floor, so the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, are all dedicated to different stores. And over the 40 years that it's been open, it's had so many drastic changes and renovations. The whole structure and really the stores that are in there have changed multiple times. So one of the odd things now is that it doesn't have a food court. So a lot of tourists that will come in asking where the food's at. It used to be on the eighth floor, but that was shut down um, in 2015. And there's currently no food court. There are two cafes on the upper levels, and then there are some food options on the bottom floor. But yes, no food court. Originally when it opened, the, the mall had the largest movie theater with 14 screens in any mall in North America. It was also the spot for the first hard rock cafe in the United States, which is pretty cool. I would have loved to see it throughout its different periods back in the day when it had the food court, when it had the movie theater and all of this stuff because it's so different right now. Not that it's bad, it's just totally different. The first renovation happened in 1994 after the Northridge earthquake. And then the second one happening in 2006, 2008, where they added the outside escalators that were inspired by the Centre Pompidou in Paris, which is a museum, which I just realized now I've seen both before, but I've never put put it together. 
But like I said, there's been so much change over the years. The most recent renovation was in 2016. And I remember this one. I hadn't worked there at this point, but I remember going to the mall and the renovation was huge. You would basically go in and you would be in front of a store and they had these huge walls that divided the entire mall. So if you wanted to go to a store that was on the opposite side of where you were, you had to follow like this straight and narrow path through this wood all the way around the mall, through all the stores just to get to the, the one that's on the other side of the aisle. So it was a very heavy renovation. And with this one, they added um, the metal fixtures all outside on the parking garage. They added all of the technicalities with the parking garage. So the space counters and all of that. They wanted to brighten it up with the skylights, make it more up to date, more user friendly with the elevators and things like that. And then another thing with the Beverly Center too, it's really difficult to get around if it's your first time, even for me, and I've been there for multiple years, there's certain times to where the elevators and the escalators will be turned off. And the valet elevator, for example, only goes from the first floor, which is the valet area to the seventh floor, it doesn't stop anywhere else. And then there's certain freight elevators that stop on certain floors, there's parking that can only be accessed through the fifth floor, but you have to go up a separate drive to get to the fifth floor. So it's really hard to get to certain floors at certain times. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. Even the stairwells go in a certain direction. So if you take the emergency exit out, it only stops on certain floors. So it is kind of a maze getting around, although it does have a lot of um, nice qualities too. Now I'm gonna transition into some of the darker history of the Beverly Center. Some of these incidents are confirmed by news sources, and then some of them are just stories and things that I've gathered. I'm just going to share kind of everything that I have, um, and I'm open to any more information that anyone, anyone has or would like to share, and I'll continue my research. Um, so on May 18, 2009, rap artist Dalla, his full name is Roderick Anthony Burton II, he was fatally shot at the Beverly Center. He had an altercation at a restaurant somewhere in the Beverly Center. Um, I'm assuming this restaurant doesn't exist anymore. I couldn't figure out which one it was. And he was going back to the valet and he had reached into his jacket. And the person that he had gotten into the altercation with believed that he was pulling out a weapon when this man had shot him four times in self-defense. Burton later died at the hospital from a bullet wound that pierced his heart. Another source said it was his head. With this story, I also heard that there were more casualties in this instance besides just Roderick. Um, I couldn't confirm it online, but someone else said more, so there could be possibly more, but it is confirmed that it is um, him for sure. Another incident happened on March 3rd, 2019 in the Forever 21, which is on the 8th floor. There was a man in his early 50s. Um, he worked for the corporate team at Forever 21, and he had committed suicide. It was a Sunday afternoon. There were a handgun found within the fitting room. I actually was working that day at the Beverly Center. My store was located on the seventh floor. It wasn't far. It was in the center court, so it's a large open area. Uh, we didn't hear anything, but immediately there was a lot of like hustle and bustle in the mall people kind of running 
originally they thought it was an active shooter. So security came around. We closed our doors, kind of headed to the back of the store and we're there for quite some time because we really just didn't know what was going on. We didn't know if it was a situation where we needed to kind of take cover, like a hostage situation or just we just stayed put because we weren't weren't sure. So the mall after that kind of closed down and we all went home for the day. It's super sad and unfortunate that both of these incidents happen. Like I said, I just wanted to reiterate that I want to be completely respectful to anyone who have made, known these people, friends, family, and just in general towards, towards these individuals. So now I'm going to move on to three other possible deaths in the Beverly Center over the last 40 years. These are things that I've heard through hearsay, through different people. And like I said, they're not confirmed, and I really couldn't find any news articles on them. I'm going to continue to research and see if anything comes up. So there was a suicide jumper sometime between 2015 and 2019. There was a YouTube video that I saw. It was a few months ago, and I just can't seem to find it again. There was an ambulance reporting to a man who was jumping off the Beverly Center. The video might have been taken down. In the video, it, it said that he didn't jump that he was kind of talked out of it but then also there was another source at the mall that had said that someone did jump so I don't know if it was a completely different situation but that's all the information that I have with this with this situation so there was also another event apparently on the fifth floor which is the employee parking so there was a suicide that had happened on the fifth floor an employee had found someone I don't know if it was a shotgun or if they had hung themselves, but they said that there was someone that was found on the fifth floor due to a suicide. I don't have a time frame of when that was. And then the third one, which I find to be the most interesting that I'm trying to gather more uh, evidence on, and I'll you'll know why later, but there was a lady who was apparently found in an office somewhere within the building after a few days. So I'm thinking, was she a worker? There's also theories that maybe she was homeless and kind of a squatter around COVID times when when things weren't really open and the mall was shut down. So this woman is actually the only female that we know that has died on the property that we have reports of or heard stories of. And this actually kind of fits the idea that we have a female ghost that's haunting our store so i want to find more information on this i want to know where the office was where it was located what time frame so that's kind of what i'm most interested in right now so now i'm going to transition into my particular store where i'm working and how this all came to be like i said prior i was working on the seventh floor which is more of the luxury floor and our store is getting remodeled so we were put into a temporary space on july 10th of this year which it's been about three months and before that we never had any suspicion or at least i didn't of anything being haunted in the beverly center i really didn't even think about it it just didn't occur to me that it that it was or that it could have been but immediately as we were moving in literally moving our stuff in things started to happen it did not take us long to figure out that there was something going on there. So as we were moving in, like I said, two of my coworkers were in kind of the stockroom area between the work, the hallway of the mall and our stockroom. And there were heels that were walking down the hallway that they heard from one end to the other. They would have to cross the doorway where my coworkers were inside the store. So they heard the elevator open. They were walking down 
or she was walking down, I should say, the hallway, they heard these heels and they never saw anyone walk past. They heard the heels go past the doorway from one side to the other with no person coming coming past. So it really spooked them. Um, but they really didn't think too much. I think one of them maybe didn't even share the story with us because they were like, oh, it could have been like an echo or something from another floor. You know, there's always those other explanations of things that it can be. So transitioning forward, a couple people in the store have more of um, a spiritual sense when it comes to sensing different things. So one of my coworkers, they felt or saw a shadow figure out of the corner of their eye. They heard sounds in a back hallway. They just had a weird vibe in certain areas of the store, which I'll get to later. There are a couple hot spots. Another incident where a shadow figure was seen out of the corner of the eye and they out of their eye and they also heard boxes ruffling in the back. Another thing is there was a store that was located in this unit before we were that was also getting remodeled. So they were there for a temporary amount of time. I think it was like five or six months. This store was actually there longer because their move-in date was delayed. So I had talked to one of the people who had worked at this store that was in this space before us, and she said that there definitely was something going on there, that the ghosts forced them out. Since their move was delayed, they could tell that the ghosts weren't happy that they were still there. They said things were happening, like boxes were being pushed off the shelves, the office doors were closing. So that really confirmed that there was something there, because if not just we're sensing something, but the store that was there prior, literally a couple months before, also felt all of this weird stuff. So that person had left the store. She was just there for a couple minutes telling us the story, and... About 10 minutes later, one of my coworkers felt a hand around her knee. She got grabbed by something. And she is a skeptic. She really wasn't super into it, but she, I was talking to her while it was happening, and you could just see that something was happening. Her face was completely just thrown off. She looked down. She was so specific as to what hand had grabbed her based off of the positioning of the thumb and the fingers. It felt like a, a hand, this warm hand around her knee. And you could tell that she was definitely spooked and and shook up by it. So after that, continuing through different events that had happened, we had just different um, temporary coworkers that were there for a short period of time, um, different guards and things just that feel weird and just uncomfortable. One of my coworkers heard her name being called from the stock room. One morning, the back door wasn't working. It wasn't locking correctly and making some weird noise one of my coworkers, he was there by himself at this point opening up and immediately after that he heard some plastic shuffling and a couple minutes after that he was sitting in one of the offices and then the office right across from him he heard the wheels move like the chair was turning and he was by himself. And a lot of these situations that I'm explaining are different people having experiences. So it's not just one person in particular. Going back to the guards, there was a guard who was there just for one day. And he heard a woman saying his name. And later that day, I had kind of told him, I was like, hey, just, you know, kind of watch out. See if you notice anything because there are weird things that are happening. And he was like, yeah, this morning he heard a woman saying his name. So one of the 
interesting parts of this whole thing is that we have had a psychic that was able to tune into the space and kind of give us her take on what she felt was going on. So through her different readings, she tuned in and said that there was a thin Spanish woman with long black hair wearing a red dress and that she was standing not too far from us on the sales floor. She was wearing heels, which also explained the heels that we would hear on the, the ground, a woman walking. So one of the observations that I came up with is a lot of the people that were having experiences were Spanish speakers. So a few of us in the store don't speak Spanish, and we were the only ones that seemed to not have experiences. So that's something I'm still trying to track. I think she's kind of making herself known more widely with everyone at this point, but I'm kind of going in a chronological order. So one of my coworkers, he had a shoebox pushed out of his hand. There was a drawer that's on the sales floor, and it had actually opened twice on its own. Um, there were two of my coworkers that heard footsteps while they were locking up and leaving the store as they were exiting. Another coworker, he had his arm pushed back as he was going into the stockroom. The psychic tuned in again, saying that she saw two boys by the entrance of the store. One of them was a short, chubbier kid with a striped shirt, and then there was also a taller one next to him. She said that there were some furniture on the sales floor that were hot spots. So there were a certain rail, a certain dresser, and then also the water fountain in the stockroom. She said she saw a man with a cowboy hat and the woman that keeps coming up, who is kind of like the main ghost here, she says that she's stuck in the hallway, that she's waiting, that she's sad, and she really wants us to leave, that we're kind of invading her space. So she's the main one here that we're discovering. She's kind of the one that's showing up. We heard the heels. We heard, um, well, I haven't heard, but my coworkers have heard a woman say their name, whisper it in their ear. So she's the one we're trying to get more information on. But also, it seems like there's a lot of other people here. There's a man with a cowboy hat and also numerous kids that she said it always seems like there's different kids here. Another incident of a coworker hearing their name being whispered into her ear. There was a woman that was in our store setting up a bag and it shows on the camera that the bag falls without being touched. It's a, a left alone for a little while. We just see it completely falling onto the floor. I actually had an experience in the stockroom to where I was walking back onto the sales floor and before I got there, I smelled this like floral body mist it wasn't necessarily like a perfume but it was this body mist and I was the only one that was back there uh, that had been back there for a while and it was a scent that we didn't have in the stores nothing that I smelled before but it was this overwhelming floral body mist so transitioning into the next day one of my coworkers had the same exact experience like 10 feet from where I smelled the body mist she she thought it could have been something else, but it wasn't that we described it the same way, that it was this floral scent. One of my other coworkers, he heard his name being called by a female voice. Um, and then the most recent situation is within one of our jewelry cases that's locked. It's completely closed. No one can kind of touch it. An earring had fallen off. And we tested it just to see if maybe someone bumped into it, if it would fall, and it wouldn't, no matter like 
how hard you bump into it, it's not going to move the earring. And we, one of my coworkers, she put it in there. It, no one had touched it, and the earring had fallen off by closing time. And then, actually, the last thing that had happened two days ago, one of my coworkers, she heard a female voice call her name. And then a few minutes after, a chair also spun around. So these are just a couple things that have happened in literally three months of us being there. I'm recording this episode October 11th, and I'm not going to have anything that happens the next two months. We're expected to be there for a couple more months, so I will have a follow-up episode with more information that I gather, maybe more people who want to share any stories, and then definitely things that we learn or experiences that we have. As for the mall itself, which I haven't spent as much time researching, but just talking to some other people, some owners of of different stores, saying that mostly the sixth floor and the eighth floor is where a lot of the activity is occurring. Like I said before, I was on the seventh floor for a few years and never felt anything, but the sixth floor is where we're currently located, and the eighth floor is actually walled off for the most part. The Forever 21 is up there. There's also large retailers like H&M. Um, Vans, Uniqlo, but a lot of the wings have been walled off. That's where the food court was. That's where the movie theater was. I would love to see what it looks like today. I'm sure it's super eerie with everything being closed off and kind of dark. I think it would be so cool to see, but I've heard from multiple sources that there it feels like there's a lot of energy or just weird things happening up there. Also, there's a store in the center court on the sixth floor that has a ton of activity There are workers that are saying that they would come in in the morning and shoes would be on the floor, just kind of pushed over, that it shows in their video that they're just being knocked off without anything touching them. There also is apparently a video, and I want to see it so bad, of a lady in white. This apparition that was captured on the video camera in the valet area, which is on the first floor, and she's seen walking down like the center median. And it says it's on video. The people have said it's on video, so I really, really want to see it. There's also a theory of a woman, a worker, who was apparently locked in a utility closet somewhere on the grounds. I think she was like cleaning staff. And that however she got locked in, in there, she was so frightened that she just ended up quitting. A lot of the active areas, like I said, in addition to the 6th and the 8th floor, are the back hallways. Especially on our side, which is closer to like the oil rig side, the way that the wall curves is kind of creepy because it's this slight curve, but it's such a long hallway that you don't notice that you're going in kind of like a horseshoe direction. So they are really long, quiet hallways that kind of just come to an end. And like I said before, it's really complicated access. So if you're going out one stairwell, you might not be able to get to a certain floor or a certain parking garage. So just kind of getting around makes it complicated in itself. So that's all the information I have so far. I'm going to transition this into some of my coworkers who want to share their experiences, their stories. And like I said, I want to make a part two with updates of what we have over the next few months. So I remember the first time I had an experience was in the stock room, Um, casually going again, grabbing some shoes, um, grabbed the shoe box. And I seen a kind of like from the side of my eye, I seen a shadow figure kind of kind of passed by, but I didn't think it was a shadow figure at first. I didn't think nothing of it because we were really freshly new in the store. 
So I was like, all right, I kind of let it pass. Grabbed the shoe, went down the stockroom hallway, and that's when I heard boxes ruffling, rustling, kind of. Yeah. So I heard boxes rustling, and then I was like, okay, that's kind of weird because I'm the only one in the stockroom. And that's when I went out and kind of told you guys, and that was happening to be my first experience, kind of. But I didn't really think nothing of it when I heard when I saw the shadow. But when the boxes start ruffling, that's what kind of when I was like, all right, it's kind of weird. And then the area where you saw you saw the shadow figure, that's where other things have happened. Too, right. Like with other people. Exactly, and then so other people's accounts as well too say this happened in the break room is where we're getting a lot of activity going on as well. We also have a water fountain there and they say that's where a lot of spheres are traveling, travel through water as well. So it's pretty weird, pretty crazy. And then the second time I had a um, kind of experience, I was actually with Bianca. We were the last ones leaving the store, it was me and her closing. We were in the back stock room this time. So we have two stock rooms. So we went to the back where all the bags and everything are. So we went there, she's putting in the alarm system and we heard heels, which was pretty fucking terrifying to be honest. So we heard heels, kind of like three heels, almost was like, and then we both stopped and looked at each other. So you just hear that? She's like, yeah. So she kind of tried to put the put the code in, hurry up, and we we, we booked it out of there basically. And there we was had to get obviously out. no one else in the store. Nobody. You guys were exactly. You know how usually we were like with two closers or whatever. One of you guys left, and then it was just me and her closing up, and we were in the back. It was just us. None of us was wearing heels. We had flats on. And we heard the heels. So that was pretty. That was pretty scary. That was pretty scary. And that's when I was like, okay, that's getting a little weird. That's get, it's getting super weird. Let's close the doors. Yeah, okay. let's hurry up because for she follow us out of here. <laughs> that was really scary. Now the only now the one that really terrified me. This is the one that really actually shook me up. I was like, okay, this is this is this is crazy. I was going to get um, I was either putting back product or I was going to get some product. I went in our fitting room closet. And that's where I hear people say they had some weird experiences in our fitting rooms usually, which we happen to be doing this. So we're recording right next to the little room. Right. Recording right next to this room actually. So I went in the fitting room, I was grabbing some stuff or whatever in the closet, and I heard a distinctive woman's voice say hi to me in my left ear. It was almost like it was really weird because it was like literally distinctive in my left ear. And I was like, what the f like and I looked just I kind of looked over and I was like, that's that was really weird. I kinda sh- that was shaken up by that one. And you heard that it was a woman. Yes. It was very clear. It was a it was a clear like hi. Like just like that. Just like that. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And that's when I ran out and told you guys immediately I was shook. It was it was pretty crazy. And yeah, that one was that was the heavy my scariest one, to be honest. And most you were kind yeah. of alone back there and just Yeah. Exactly. Isolated. Exactly. But I do feel a little eerie sometimes when I come in here. It's like stone quiet in here at times like the rest of the store would be chaotic and you come in the fitting room it's like very still and that's where the psychic said that she's kind of stuck or she just hangs out yep it's like she's waiting for something right outside either right outside the hallway of the um, fitting room or in the fitting room itself or she actually said that she follows us in to wherever the hell we're going to be honest so it's pretty scary and the most recent and the most recent was on the 9th to be honest of this month um that one was really weird because I don't think anybody actually seen it, to be honest. So we have jewelry in a certain place in a box and it's locked. So we have to go in there to physically move it, to physically touch it. Or if somebody bumps it, you have to bump it really hard and multiple times for it to fall over. So we look, one of my associates kind of was like, hey, did anybody touch the fire, the jewelry that's in there? And one of the earrings were off, was off the post which was super weird because we tried to test it out to see how many times it takes to hit it so it could fall over and 
it took us multiple tries to fall over and that day it was very slow it was a slow day nobody barely came in yet alone touched yet alone touched the um the earring box at all so and that you was were the really one who weird. placed it so you know for sure you put it there and then when we noticed that it fell that no one had opened it no one had touched exactly it. and i'm the one on open i was the opening one of the open opening associates so i put it there and i specifically always put the earrings in the middle of the post so it won't happen even if somebody was to able to bump it it won't fall over so it was pretty weird i know i specifically pasted it there so it was really weird so we saw it it was on the floor of the um the jewelry box and we were just like what the like that's weird like somebody has to physically push that over so that was the last most recent experience it was pretty pretty crazy so the first experience was when I was just going towards the back like there's like this alleyway towards the back and you know you always get this feeling that someone's watching you but every time I would go into the back I felt like someone was watching me from behind didn't know why didn't know who I just felt it it wasn't until we had our first couple of experiences and then on a busy day I heard my name like I can hear it from the left side of my ear which at this point if I'm walking away from the stock room towards the sales floor, the fitting room area is on my left. And that's where I heard my name, which is kind of weird because that's where all hangers are. So there's really no one there. My assumption was someone was behind me, but nobody was there. And I can tell that I really did hear it because of how fast I turned, that it was so close to my ear. And so I was like, I heard someone say Bianca and I turn around and it was a man's voice even then it was a man's voice I thought it was you I was like oh my god it's Tim but you weren't you weren't around I even called you and you're like no I'm right here in the back so far away and I was shocked so I remember approaching Lorenzo and he's like no I saw you when you turned so clearly someone called your name I just didn't hear it and I think the second one was the second experience before the footsteps was actually the drawer I don't think you have that on your notes yeah I actually experienced the drawer open twice and I I did it it happened when I had just touched it and I only played with it and I walked away and then it opens and I literally can visibly see it as it opens like very forcibly that somehow it even like kind of bounces back and we even tried testing it of how it wouldn't just normally and I closed it I was the one who closed it because I was playing with it. I was, and I, so I closed it and it opened on its own. And then the other experience was um, hearing footsteps in the back room. And that one scared me because I was like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I was like, I really was like trying to leave. I felt like they were approaching me. And that was really scary. Did I think, it sound like it was heels or did it sound mm, like it was just... Like tapping, yeah. like tapping noises. And it was clearly in in the store literally about to leave I think we were waiting for I'm not sure who but we were waiting for someone and I was about to put the code the alarm code to leave and I hear them coming and I'm looking at Carly and Carly's looking at me and I at that point I really I realized I was not going crazy I was like we're both hearing the same thing and it's really scary and we gotta go <laughs> so that was the third time fourth I can't believe that I heard my name again. This time on the right side of my ear, I heard, but literally so precise and like a whisper. It was like, Bianca, like a whisper. 
it's so scary. So I, and it almost sounded like someone was pranking me. Like I, I thought it was like Lorenzo, like pulling a prank. So I turned around to Lorenzo. I was like, did you call me? And then he goes, no, I didn't. And Mark heard it. He's like, no, I heard someone call you. I literally heard someone call you. And that's, that was scary, but I didn't put too much attention to it. If I did, I probably would have been freaked out the whole day. And I was going to say, it makes it such a more of an even stronger case when two people experience it. You know? Right. And I'm like going crazy. Like I'm not hearing my name just to hear my name, but it wasn't in my mind. It, you can hear it. And I know you can hear it because I heard it on a, a side of my ear. So the first time was the left. The second time was the right. And I think it was because um, it almost made it seem like they were trying to prank. Like they wanted to blame Lorenzo for calling my name. It really felt like that. It didn't feel at all mean or bad. It just felt like a prank. And I I could tell someone was really trying to like mess with me, which you know what? I would have to say it has a lot to do with the fact that I kind of use that and I mess with you and I mess with everybody else. So the ghost is kind of like, oh, then she's a jokester. Let me mess with her too. So I think that's what it was. And that's probably why they're actually calling my name. Um, it could mean uh, other things too, but I didn't feel bad. You know, I don't feel really bad. I feel the presence. It's heavy, but I don't it feel... felt negative. I feel like right now I feel presence just because we're not used to it ever being this quiet where it's just us. Yeah, I know. This is scary. But last experience and probably not... I probably were gonna see, we're probably gonna feel some more, but the last ex- experience that I had was the aroma, the the fragrance. I don't know. I think I could still remember it, but it was very sweet and floral, but nothing like I've ever smelled before. I think a little bit of what it was was like this kind of old fragrance. Like I don't think it exists anymore. It was it was sweet. It was it was a nice smell but it was almost instant and it lingered and then it faded. And we both were in the same spot in the stocker. Mine was a day before that I smelled it. And then yours, I think, was the Yours was a, a, was day, a day before. I, I do remember that. I was shocked because I was uh, fiddling with the trash bins, just looking for something. And that's when it hit me. I don't know where it was coming I know it was coming directed at me but it was coming from the vents I don't think anybody was there unless they just passed right by me or right through me I don't know but the smell was like literally like it kind of almost hit me in the face with it and I didn't realize I was smelling it until I turned around and I think that's where I took the smell with me and I when I turned around I was like wait a minute and I turned back I said I really just smelled that and I'm looking through I'm like oh my god could it be something in here but I'm smelling the the plastic at that point nothing so that aroma was still lingering but nothing on the plastic nothing on the bend it was in the air so I was working uh, let's see early in the morning I don't remember exactly the date um, but as normal I got there early waiting in the back door and if anybody knows or if anybody's worked at the uh, Beverly Center um, it is very it's a lot of concrete um, noise tends to carry um, it tends to be very very loud but I was waiting in the back door along with uh, another person and we heard the um, the elevator open up uh, we both looked and no one came out of the elevator which was kind of odd um, then we just kind of went back to what we were doing and then we heard 
pretty loud footsteps and it was very clear that it was women's high-heeled shoes or at least high-heeled shoes and they were walking and we we're trying to kind of figure out where it was coming from but it kept getting closer and closer um, obviously you, you you can tell when sounds get closer to you and as they got really loud it sounded like the steps um, passed us so they almost like they walked past us um, I normally wouldn't believe stuff like that to be honest with you but I was standing next to someone and they heard the exact same thing that I did we both looked around we walked down the corridor and nothing um, I asked him if it was just me that heard that and he told me he was very it was very clear that we heard the exact same thing um, so that was that was one instance um, another instance is when um, I was in the office and uh, one of the offices by myself and uh, I heard um, beeping noises and couldn't really understand where that was coming from because there was no one in the vicinity no one in the area uh, but then I heard the sound of a, a rolling office chair squeak as though someone was either sitting down or stepping off of the seat um, to basically like two plastic rubbing together and again there was no one in the offices no one next to me no one anywhere anywhere close to that could have made that sound um, you know that was another little situation where again I don't normally believe in the, these kinds of things but if I didn't hear it myself um, I, I probably wouldn't have believed it but um, I mean those are two two of the instances where it was it that type of stuff won't, won't leave me that's a that's a something that I'll remember um, and you know if I, if I didn't hear it myself I wouldn't believe it my first encounter though here where we work at was with a colleague we were actually by the door we were waiting for everyone and I'll never forget hearing the elevator hit the door we looked to see because we heard someone come out and then you just hear the footsteps one two three walking towards us no one was there no one then it passes by us and it just kept on going and then I was like you know what whatever whatever it could have been someone upstairs but then when I started seeing like stuff move and then hearing it again the footsteps and then people started saying and then just being grabbed yeah I felt there's something here in this area definitely mostly in the hallways and by the rails when the clothes just like moves where, where I feel the most would be the front where I'm usually at and by the do I say fitting room or by yeah. the hallway? By the hallway between the stock room and the floor. That's where I feel the most. And the footsteps I always hear in the back. And yeah. in the back by the receiving. By the yeah. receiving. And even the weird things with the drawers kind of opening up. Oh, that one. That one. That one. One of my colleagues decided to ask, has it moved? I said no maybe a few not even like hours i'm talking about like maybe like two maybe one minute later that the drawer decides to open 
you know and it was like oh okay great i have had supernatural experiences here at this location at beverly center and i've noticed it to be in this hallway in the middle part of the store from hearing my name from walking and my hand being pushed to just feeling a presence i have noticed multiple different things and some weeks it's a little bit more than others but i would say the one of the most interesting things was when i was walking uh, by one of my co-workers and i was trying to just give him a pat on the shoulder but i felt my hand being pushed upwards and it literally hit him in the eye and it was we both noticed it and it was something a little like what was that and at first I thought it was maybe just my mind but then the other day I was hearing of my voice and I was hearing a woman call my name and it was she was calling and saying Mark Mark and then it made me did I hear it and no one around me heard it it was just me and you've heard male and female or only woman I've only heard a woman for me it's been a woman I haven't heard yeah. any men voices. It's been a woman, and it and even when she's talking, it always comes from the hallway, the same hallway that my hand was being pushed. So I feel like this hallway, for whatever reason, it's just a very like interesting something. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like what. an epicenter for a lot of the activity. Yes. That has come up. And we're actually recording here in the same space. Yeah. So if any third voices appear, that's what it is. Our friend. Yes. And that concludes our episode with Tim Roddy over the haunting at the Beverly Center here in Los Angeles, California. We want to say thank you, a huge thank you to our friend Tim for allowing us to use this episode for all the work that he put into this episode. It was amazing. You did such a great job, Tim, and thank you for allowing us to use it on our platform as well. If you like Tim Roddy's episode and you want to hear more from his podcast, definitely go check it out at the Tim Roddy podcast. You can find it on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow him on his social media on Instagram under the Tim Roddy. And be sure to tune in later because we will be following up with a part two. We were trying to conduct a possible walkthrough with a psychic at that location, but it looks dismal considering that they are going to be moving to a different location in the mall. So we're going to try our best to figure something out. All right, guys, if you love Hollywood Paranormal, we would love for you to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us indie podcasters out a little much more, helps us become a little more visible. And if you love us even more, be sure to stalk us on our social medias. You can find us at Hollywood Paranormal on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok at Hollywood Paranormal and on Twitter at HWP Podcast. Want to learn a little more about the podcast? Podcast and myself and Bryce, you can find us on our website at hollyweirdparanormal.com. There you can catch up with our past episodes and our past seasons. You can learn and read more on our bios. 
You can also shop our merch store and you can find our little Patreon link. Yes, that link will take you to our Patreon page where you can actually donate to the podcast for as little as $1 or more per month or for however many more months you wish to support our podcast. A little does go a long way. You can do so at patreon.com forward slash Paranormal. You'll automatically be inducted into our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club. And it's a little secret podcast where we share ghost stories that are told from the mouths of our acquaintances and friends. You'll also be gifted in stickers, magnets, coasters, pins, and keychains, and a beautiful thank you card. Of course, you'll also be given a shout out on one of our episodes as well. Well, friends... Stay Holly Weird, and we will catch up with you till next time. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and also you might want to do a little shopping at the Beverly Center. They're they're having a couple of good sales over there. All right, friends. Till next time. Take care and stay Holly Weird. opportunity and the american dream starts with purpose whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's master's or doctoral degree gcu's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration with over 330 academic programs gcu provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams the pursuit to serve others is yours find your purpose at gcu private christian affordable visit gcu.edu